step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. See ham on the track! You know how we do it, man. Oh boy, CDP,
to the Press Box and the Tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. It's another big week of college football. First round of playoffs in Alabama. Last week of regular season in Georgia. Just excited. I mean, you got we had Rick Ross on on game day today. You had I mean, so many things is going on right now. So many things going on with me personally. Just excited. I'm just excited for the day. Excited, excited, excited for the day. Um, and once again, thanks to the admin, thanks to thanks to T Rex, by by Terrence Network. This is not. This is this is this is a movement. The same. This ain't nothing else but a movement. But uh, we're gonna jump. First off, we're gonna jump to this devotional real quick before we get before we get any further. Really excited to see it. Really excited to talk about it. So that being said, let's jump right into it. This devotional con well, the scripture comes from Hebrews eleven thirteen. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They were foreigners and strangers on earth. In Marilyn Johnson in Marilyn Robinson's novel Gilead, the narrator, John Ames, tells the story of his childhood of traveling with his father to locate his grandfather's grave. Years before his grandfather's death, his father and grandfather had quarreled and no reconciliation had been made. Ames' father was driven to find the grave and to put it in the past to rights. He understood the sacred connection to the burial plot and the family history. Burial plots also feature prominently in the book of Genesis. In fact, Abraham fam- Abraham's family burial plot is one of the two pieces of property that the family owns at, by the end of the book. Despite him being promised a vast territory in which they will form a great nation. They own a small plot of land in the town of Shechem. And they own a cave in a field belonging to Ephron the Hittite, where Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah, and Leah are buried. The family burial plot is their postage stamps of promise. It's a small tract of land reminding them that God has has promised vastly more territory by his word. And though Jacob was far from home when he drew his last breath, Though he had been a man known less for stability and more for his chances, he had important burial instructions to his sons. Take me home. His son returned his way to Canaan, heeding his request. Genesis ends with another death, the death of Joseph. Although Joseph also was to be buried in the land of promise, it closes with a narrative clap of ominous thunder. And after they embalmed him, they placed him in a coffin of Egypt. Joseph was buried far from home. The people of God in Genesis, like us, were destined for more and more, for more hoping and waiting. Abraham's family, faith is required for the in-between places. When we are waiting on God's promises so far from home, what promises are you waiting on? In this season of waiting and longing, Expressing God for thanking Him for His presence and trustworthiness, praise Him for even a postage stamp of an answered promise that reminds you He is faithful. And that's today's devotional for today. Again, another one that hit home. I think we need to take heed. But with that, 
we can take a quick step break. We're gonna jump into some we're gonna jump into some college football and we're gonna take a quick session break. Let you listen to my man Torrance Rudd. Check him out.
Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being thanks so much for being a part of the show. Uh, wow, just some some big time things going on right now. Um, whew. After that rousing that rousing win last week, you know, John Swafford pretty much dropped the ball. With these officials in the in the Duke Miami game, you suspend them for two games. You suspend the the upstairs replay crew for two games. I'm wondering why. When what you should have done was fire everybody. There. Matter of fact, this refereeing crew should never referee another game in Division One, FCS, Division Two, Division Three. Matter of fact, they shouldn't even be refereeing high school football. They should be refereeing rec league football because those mistakes that were made in that game probably cost. Duke either a shot at a near six or a shot at winning the ACC Coastal Division. I, I for one, really think that there's a little needs to be a lot of reevaluation in regards to one, the officiating, two, the targeting, three, the the replay system. Because if you're gonna elementary states like this, then why is this a part of college football? Just a little food for thought. Well, we're going to jump to some scores real quick from from this past week. North Illinois shots to go to 27 on Tuesday. Um, Wednesday, Bowling Green puts it on Ohio, 62-24. Baylor they started at Jared Stidham, who was one of the top quarterbacks coming out of Texas. He actually was one of the – he, Kyler Murray, and, and a couple of other guys from the state of Texas um, were top were top uh quarterbacks coming out of high school. And Jared Stidham did not disappoint <laughs> at all. He had a three, t- three throwing touchdowns and a touchdown running um in a in 31-24 win over K State in Manhattan, um, Thursday night game in the SEC, Mississippi State beats Missouri thirty-one to thirteen. They're missing Maddie Malk, and Maddie Malk is probably one of the more dynamic quarterbacks. But I do like Drew Locke, and I love what he what he's done you know, over parts of the season. Uh, but they were no match for Miss uh, on Thursday night. Um, other scores from Friday: uh, Temple bounced back from that loss, from that disappointing loss to to Notre Dame last last week, and won last night, sixty to forty over SNU. Uh, Rice and UTEP, UTEP winning that game, twenty one twenty four, and BYU getting a win over San Jose State, seventeen sixteen. Um, some other score, 
right now. Uh, gonna jump into some, gonna jump into some of the some of the later games, and some of the games that I'm really excited to see. Florida State, Clemson, uh, UCLA, Oregon State, Iowa State, who got the big win over over Texas last week, shut out Texas last week. They go in, they go into Norman and play Oklahoma, uh, which is which is one of those toss up games there also. Um, Kentucky and Kentucky and Georgia are playing right now, and that game is actually on uh, SEC or if you guys uh, are perusing the televisions or listening to or listening to it on on the radio, um, listen to me at the same time. Sorry. Um. And you know, got some other games. You know, the big one that everybody was talking about is uh is uh LSU and Alabama. And I have my I have my thoughts about that game. I'll, I'll do my prediction on that game later on. But get into into some of the predictions right now. Number one in the playoff in the CFP polls right now is Clemson. And you know, those polls came out this past weekend, this past Tuesday, and. While I agree with some of with, with some of it, I don't agree with others, and I definitely don't agree with Alabama being number seven, uh, on being number four, and Baylor's not even in that top five. Um, of course, we all know that the that the Big Twelve will cannibalize itself in the next few weeks. Um, as well as, you know, the SEC West is pretty much going to cannibalize themselves, and the Pac-12 South pretty much has has written themselves out of that running. Um, but you know, when you have Clemson one, LSU two, Ohio State three, and Alabama four, the team that that sticks out to me that shouldn't be in that in that conversation right now is Alabama. I mean Alabama. Yes, they're seven and one. Yes, they've won four in a row. Yes, they've they've put together some some great string of victories here lately and against very quality opponents. But there's still better teams out there could play each other. You know, they could be in that top four, like a Baylor, like a TCU, uh, like a Oklahoma State. You know. But until those teams sort themselves out, yeah. Until they sort themselves out, this won't this won't be exactly right, you know. So when you put it that way, you know, it's still not right. But I would put a Big Twelve school in that top four. Or I would put a one loss Alabama in there. A lot of people are saying that, you know, they're getting lost in the, in the name brand love of it all. And I'd be inclined to agree. But at the same time, how can you discount putting two SEC West schools in this equation and leaving out two conferences? 
I don't think you do that. I mean, the SEC is going to sort itself out too. I think they'll still. I think they'll get one team in. I don't think they'll get two, as people would think they will. Uh, I think one of the other thing, one of the other issues that everybody has is that the loss that Alabama had was to Ole Miss, and it was a bad loss. But Ole Miss has two losses, one in conference, one to a very, very bad, uh, one to a very, very good Memphis squad. So I think a lot of people are discounting that loss that Clemson, that uh, I'm sorry, that Ole Miss had against Memphis. And they're saying that, you know, Ole Miss could make the playoffs. They could make the playoffs. I I disagree with this, and I disagree with it wholeheartedly because it will take a hope and a prayer for Ole Miss to make the playoffs this year. And I'll tell you why. They have Arkansas, they have LSU, and they have Mississippi State. Those are the next three games in their schedule. Now, when you put those three teams together, yes, they should get a win against Arkansas. They should be competitive against LSU. They should be they should they should be competitive against against Miss Mississippi State and Egg Bowl. But I'm gonna say it like this: the only conceivable way that Ole Miss will make the playoffs is that Memphis has to win out, and they have to make it to a to a that top that top team from the Group of Five and getting a New Year's Six Bowl. Then, on top of that, Ole Miss would not only have to run the table, but they'd have to play Florida in the SEC championship game. And win that game to get in the playoffs. Do I think that that, that's, that is conceivable? Yes. Is it going to happen? No, 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 no. And I've just given you three reasons why. You have a toss-up game against Arkansas. You have a sure loss against LSU. No matter how they look against Alabama tonight, whether they win or lose, they're either going to be mad or they're going to be trying to prove something again next week, being in that top two. That's just the bottom line, and that's the way that that's the way that's going to go. Um. When you look at other when you look at other parts of, of, of this and you look at and you look at other things that, that go on with this, you know, you also have to look at the strength of schedule of other schools um that that are involved and that's highly unconceivable. I mean, the notion that you would have um in that. So that being said, do I really think that the Olympics has chance? No, but I, I see them. I see them possibly winning against against Arkansas, and that's probably the only win that they'll get the rest of the season. That's a three thirty game. If you if you want to check that out on on CBS, do I think Ole Miss will win this game? Yes, I think that I think Ole Miss will win this game. They'll win this game handily. Um, do we know 
how bad they will win this game? No. Um, can they stop the running game and stop Alex Collins of Arkansas? Um, in this, I think they can. I think they'll give up some yardage. They'll give up some yardage through the air. But Arkansas can't pass the ball, so I don't think they'd have a big problem there. Um, defensively, they – Defensively, they've got um, they've got some great things going, and and I, I really, I really just just really like what what Ole Miss has right now, as opposed to what Arkansas has. So I like Ole Miss. I like Ole Miss by two touchdowns. The other three thirty game in this in this and this is a big one in the, in in the Big Twelve and. The reason why I think that this could be a really big game in the Big 12 is TCU, TCU, Oklahoma State, they're both undefeated. Oklahoma State, they've still got a tough road to hold. They've still got, they've got Bader to play. They've got Oklahoma State to play uh, in the run into the season. TCU, next week, they've got Baylor. They've got Oklahoma, and this week with Oklahoma State. So this is a really, really big matchup for these two teams. In regards to their their Big Twelve championship aspirations, in term of you know, in the terms of TCU's terms, you know, this is a make or break game for them. Them winning, them winning and getting into the playoffs this season, like they didn't last season. So this is this is big time for TCU. It's also big time for Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State wins and Oklahoma State pretty much sets themselves up. For something big as well, possibly getting into that top, to the, into that top ten, and working their way up. Um, Mason Rudolph versus versus probably one of the best quarterbacks in in all of of college football in uh for TCU, and I really love to see Trevon Boykin. He, he he makes things happen in a way that you don't see. And he's a very humble guy, you know, and you can see that in the way that he acts, in the way that he plays, in in what he did uh, in a couple weeks ago um, with the with the Iowa State fan. Um, so you know, I, I like what TCU has. I love Josh Dotson. I love listen. I love listen. Be that receiving core there. Got really good running backs. I really like uh, Mason Rudolph, and I like and I like the receiving core that Oklahoma State has. They've got a great defense also, which is like top ten defense in the, in the nation. So I think when you when you put those two together, and this is a combustible element, you know, between these two, you know, and this is some this is some big games coming up. Like I said, this is a big game coming up for TCU. It's a big game coming up for Oklahoma State. I like TCU on the road at Oklahoma State simply because I think the firepower for TCU is much better than the firepower at Oklahoma State. Defensively, they pretty much match up with each other pretty well. Um, it's just it comes down to a matter of who's going to get the bigger stops. Can Oklahoma State get a stop? Can can Oklahoma State get some stops? Can TCU get some stops? I think TCU will get more stops than, than, than Oklahoma State will in that regard. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with TCU. 
I'm going to go with TCU with a closer than people think kind of score. Um, I think it'll be like the, like the Texas Tech game where they'll win, where, you know, they'll struggle, they'll struggle for part of the game and then they'll, they'll, they'll write the ship and get back together and get it together. So I, I like TCU in the game and I, I like TCU by a touchdown. So, and that's where I'll go with that. Um, some of the other games that are going on right now, uh, the 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 three thirty game. I want to see what I'll, Florida Clemson. That's a big game. I'll, I'll I'll predict that one in a little bit. LSU Alabama. We'll talk about in just a little bit. Um, and then we got then you know you got some you got the Big Twelve. You got two Big Twelve matchups. You got one in the South and one in the North. Um, and I really, really like the Big 12, the Pac-12 South matchup between Arizona and USC. You know, these are two rebounding schools. You know, we all know about what's going on with, with Sark and we all know what's going on with that, with that program there. Um, I really, I really, really think that in that regard, I really think UCLA is on an emotional high, but I like Rich Rod and I like what I like what he's what he's brought to the table at at Arizona. You know, he's, he's brought a more up tempo style. You know, I thought that they would be better than the five and four than the five and four uh, record uh, that they have. I thought that at this point, the point in the season, I thought they'd be seventy two. Um, you know, six and three somewhere in there. Never imagined that they'd be that both of these schools would be struggling to be bowl eligible and to to get wins and and to have the turmoil that they're having at their particular schools. But I like UCLA in this game. I like Cody Kessel. I love Adore Jackson. I love what he can do um, on the offensive side of the ball. He's a great defensive guy. He's a great defensive back. Um, I like a new Solomon and um, and those guys over there. They've got a great receiving core. They've got a good running back. They've got they've got some things going in Arizona that USC really doesn't have going for them. But I like these are two evenly matched teams. The question is, what USC defense is going to show up first? What USC defense is going to show up? The USC defense that really didn't look good uh, that really did not look good at all um, in, a, in, in that loss uh, against against Stanford? Or will that team that really good team that played Arizona State early in the season, will that team show up? Also, when we're looking at that from also from this other standpoint, what offense is going to show up? The Cody Kessler that put up 12 points, the Cody Kessler that gave up five interceptions, the Cody Kessler that put up five touchdowns against against 
Arizona State. What what offense is going to show up? I really, I mean, I really want to know what 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 will it be, Doctor Jekyll? Will it be Mister Hyde for for USC? And that's one of those things where when they're playing horrible defensively, they're playing pretty good offensively. When they're playing horrible offensively, they're playing really good defensively. And those have consequated into three losses this season. And that's that's the one thing about USC. You don't know what USC team you're going to get. And I think that that's, that, that's what's going to be the main focus of who wins this game. Uh, what offense – what offense will play? What offenses will play good? What defenses will play good? I mean, and this is for both sides. But I like, like I said, I like the playmaking ability of a Dory Jackson. I love, I love the quarterback play of Cody Kessler. If he can put it together, he puts it together today. USC will win, and they will win big because Arizona. Even with Scree right on the field, even with a lot of the a lot of those stars on that defense side of the ball, even when they hit the field, they still won't be as good as they should be. And that's that's the bad thing that's the the really worrying thing about USC and Arizona. You don't know what teams are gonna show up. So but I like USC and I like USC I like USC in a comfortable win. Um, actually, they get the stops that they need to get. They win the games they need to win. They will, they will win this game, and they'll win this game handily. So, um, so I'm gonna go with USC in this. In this. All right, and the other, the other uh, Pac-12 game. I mean, Cal and Oregon. Cal's been, Cal's been really struggling over here in the last two, three weeks. In the last two or three weeks, and and it's, it's it's due to the quarterback play, and it's due to it's due to the quarterback play and, and everything that's going wrong. You know, they can't catch ball. They won't catch balls. They won't. They can't stop anybody defensively. Uh, Tony Franklin and that offense is struggling. Mighty, mighty bad in here in the last couple of weeks. Um, the interception problems have, have been have been a little have been a source of of worry, and and you can tell that Jared Goff is getting a little frustrated when it comes to when it comes to things of that when it comes to to those to those things. And um, Oregon, Oregon kind of lost their mojo early in the season when Vernon Adams got hurt um, in that. In that Eastern Washington game, uh, where he broke his finger, and, and they haven't really gotten into a good groove as of yet, and I think that that's that's part of the problem for Oregon for Oregon as opposed to it being for for Cal. Cal's lost Cal's lost three games in a row because of because of execution errors and because of you know the fact that they can't stop anybody defensively. Um, that's how they've lost those games, and they've got some. They've got some tough games coming up here in the next couple of weeks. They've got to go to Oregon State. They've got to go to Washington. They've got and they've got Oregon State. 
next week, and then they've got they've got the big game and uh, against Stanford. So Cal has to set themselves up for for a big for a big turnaround, and I think they can do that. They've got three games left. They've got, like I said, they've got they've got tonight. They've got next week, and they've got uh, Thanksgiving weekend against against uh, Stanford. So. They can they can put it together. I think they'll. I think they can get nine wins. I actually think they can win this game. Actually, uh, Oregon is doing horrible offense, doing horrible defensively. They're not doing so hot offensively because they haven't gotten into that groove. And I, I really think that I really think that that Cal can win this game because Oregon can't stop them. Um, I like Jared Goff. I like I. Uh, I love the receiving core there at, at Cal, Bryce Triggs, um, Anderson. I mean, and then the defense side of ball, Hardy Nickerson, and and that great offense, that great defensive line they have. So I like Cal in this game. I think Cal can win this game. Oregon will get their points, but they haven't been in a real groove as of yet. So I I really believe that Cal will win this game. They'll win this game. They'll win this game by a touchdown. And, yes, I'm picking against Oregon at home, and that's that's unlike me. But I'm, this, that's the way I really feel about it. I, I think that, that Cal can win at Oregon because I think, I, think they'll get, I think they'll get the stops. So, so that, that's the way I feel about that. Um, so, and those are and those are the those are some of the predictions that I have for for right now. Um, we're gonna take a quick session break. You can come right back. We're gonna talk about some we're gonna talk about some high school football. Uh, week eleven, week eleven, the last week of of the Georgia high school regular season. Um, and talk about some matchups and give you a rundown on some on some uh, some games there. Some scores there from last night and Thursday night. Uh, that being said, we'll be we're gonna take a quick session break. We'll be right back and we'll talk more about some football. So stay tuned. Yeah. 
I'm so dumb, I'm so dumb. I'm so dumb. Still pushing more driving in new bands. Still got a tight aim for the loose ends. Betting fools, I can pay dues with my two cents. Uh, I'm hippie paint to your gray world. Black and white through the crowd like they were. They showing true color when you take away the pigment. When you take away the difference in it. Blasting it all vivid, I'm flying with no engine, they run it with all gimmick up. Right about the blue like a Scott Bell Stand back, shit calm like I'm Seinfeld Faded in the mind, a 9-5 product at a time Soon navigation, new direction for the blind 24 7 battle against time With a 617 on the side, let him ride I hear Cali for the in and out Got the normal scene on a different route So they wonder what the kid about Meet it from the views, never know until you live it out 90 minute winning from records that I was kicking on Living by the minute, don't gotta capture the image Ain't a dag, how me and music could get along New control, mood switching with a different song Since gon' hit him like a still pill prop Rhyme game patient at the L kid's jock I love it for what it is, I hate it for what it's not I'm no Ash, no ass, no Mac, no Adams, not you, not them. No. With the lights of my own, I set the stage. Through the balance of the stones, I get away. Through the minds of the best, I can get away. If I'm not, what I'm gonna say. Yeah. Hey. I can get away. Turn on, turn up, get away. Turn on, get away. Uh, new fellas ain't rockin' in. Uh, same bitch just droppin' in. Uh, why you sound like lots of them? Well, can't be a better jacket than through the lights of my own. I get away. New bike, new stage, new life, new game, new price, same vision, new hype. If I can get away. At these crib. If I can get away. Like a villain on a getaway. See the pedal break. Welcome back into the press box and the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine, and thanks for being a part of the show. And we're gonna jump back into some, we're gonna back into some, to some scores from, from last night and uh, around the state of Georgia last night. Um, football scores. Uh, let's see here. Let's start off with some. We'll start off with some with some single A football right now. Uh Greenville ended up ended up finishing their season four and six with a loss to uh Dooley County last night. Uh but a great season was had by Renault Griffin who is who was a recruiter of the week uh for us last week. Uh in the last in this season. Um they finished four and six, missed the playoffs this season. Um Tough way to go out for the senior, uh, but Dooley County they did they did make the playoffs and they're going to be the two seed. Uh, actually, they're going to actually they they will they'll be the two seed coming out of coming out of that region. Uh, Tryon was a winner last night, thirty four to seven over St. Francis. Uh, Tryon, uh, position coach up there was my position coach, coach David Thoreau. Congratulations to Tryon and. And uh, and those guys up there, they'll be in the playoffs too. They'll be a they'll be a two they'll be a three seed. They'll be on the road next week. Um, they'll actually be on the road next week. So um, looking at some other scores, um, we're going up uh, a little ways. And um, Charleston County they they 
bounce back from that loss against Clinch. Um, then win last night, 64-18 over Lanier County. Uh, Irwin County and Turner County uh, played, and this is this is actually for the region crown in uh in uh region two. If I'm not mistaken, I think this is region two, one A in uh Turner County actually actually uh, loses to Irwin County, 34 to 24. Uh, Ralph Clay beats Mitchell County, 20 to 28 to 20. Uh, jump up to Northeast Georgia, Green County, uh, and Rabin County. Rabin will actually win in that game, 34 to nothing. And they'll be, and they'll be, uh, they'll be a one seed. They're gonna, they're gonna uh, play in the playoffs. Uh, they're gonna play at home next week. They actually won their region. Union County beat Washington Wilkes, 43 to 21. Um, Union County will be a two seed coming out of their region, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Darlington, uh, ten and zero, winning, winning that region. Fourteen tickets over Tuga. Dade County was a win over Gordon Lee, thirty to fourteen. Um, Jenkins County beat Montgomery County, thirty-three to fifteen, last night. Uh, Brantley County, we'll, we'll jump over to Savannah area. Um, some of the Savannah area scores here. Brantley County was a win over Island, forty-five to six. Um, Hateville Charter was a win over Kip Atlanta, 42 to 12. Uh, GAC Greater Atlanta Christian was a win over Wesleyan, 35-31. Um, both of those teams will be in the playoffs uh, next week, and I think they both have home games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Manchester was a winner over Temple, 41 to 13, in some Double A action. Um, Matter of fact, Manchester will be in the playoffs um, there. Hurry County was a winner last night, 41 to 13 over Bremen um, in a in a bit of a rivalry game there. Um, and a special special congratulations to those seniors at Hurry County. They went 25 and one in region play, um, and also have a school record for a number of wins uh, in a four-year stretch. So congratulations to, to those guys. And another coach of mine who's up there, uh, Coach Rich Finley, he, he's, he's at Hurricane now. And uh, big ups to him. And uh, very happy to see that, see those guys succeed up there. Um, had had a couple guys from that team that were uh, part of the uh, recruits of the week. So, um so very glad to hear about that. Bowden beat Chattahoochee County twenty-eight to nine. Um, Bowden finished their season five to five. Um, going on further up in the scores here. Uh, Benedictine um, two-way state champions last year. They finished the season uh, undefeated again. Uh, they're on a twenty-five game winning streak. Um, they won fifty-six to twenty over Long County. Um, still standing in the Savannah area in the Eastern Georgia area, McIntosh Academy, McIntosh County Academy, winning over Bacon County, uh, 22 to 20. Fitzgerald was a winner over Seminole County, 45 to nothing. Fitzgerald will make the playoffs. They'll be a two, they'll be a one seed also. Early County beat Thomasville. That's South Georgia score, 33 to nine. Um, just bouncing around the state here. 
Um, North North Georgia Jefferson was a winner over Hart County, uh, forty-three to twenty-seven. Hart County is actually going to be on the road um, for that first-round game. Jefferson will be home as they won Region Eight. Uh, Region Eight Double uh, A, I want to say Triple A. I'm sorry, Eight Triple A. Um, so Jefferson will be at home there. Oconee County was a winner, twelve to seven over Elbert County. Um, both of those schools will be will be uh, both of those schools will be in the playoffs next week. Uh, Elbert County will be on Oconee. Will be on Oconee will be at home. Um, Franklin County will be at home. Will be on the road. Uh, well, actually, they will be at home as they finish second in Region Seven. Uh, Triple A uh, with a 28-24 win over over Fannin County. West Hall will be on the road next week uh, as well. Um, they finished five and five. They finished five and five, and uh, and actually got a win over over um, Lumpkin County, fourteen to seven. And as predicted, uh, North Murray and Ringgold. Um, Winner of that game was to win was to win that fourth that covered that fourth spot out of Region Six and uh, Ringgold actually actually won this game over North Murray twenty eight to six sets up a first round matchup next week we definitely know who they'll be playing they'll be playing the Region Seven Triple uh, A uh, champion Dawson County Tigers um, at Dawson next week uh, on next Friday so we do know that. Uh, Sonoraville will be coming out of that region. Also, they they are two seed. Um, they won fifty one to thirteen over Murray County. Uh, Tombs County was a winner over Claxton forty eight to sixteen. Um, getting to some other scores, Decatur was a winner over Towers thirty five to nothing. Um, Calhoun. Uh, winners of Region Six and AAA, fifty-five to seven winners over Cahola Creek. Um, moving on up, and um, Buford was a winner, forty-two nothing over Stevens County. Of course, Buford will be at home first round um, of their playoff. They won the Region Eight for a so. Um, the scores from Robert scores. Uh, Flowery Branson games will play last night. Flowery uh, games were winning that game 29-26 over Flowery Branch. Um, Winder Barrow and, and Heritage, uh, Winder Barrow winning that game 37-23. Um, and a special, special, special shout out and special congratulations to uh, a friend of mine, uh, been on the show a few times. Uh, Coach Tanner Glisson and the Super High Tigers, they get their first win last night, 28 to nothing over over Whitewater. Um, and it also snaps one of the state's longest losing streaks at 16. Um, as they finish their season one and nine, and that's a team to be looking out for. Um Big game in big game in region three five a uh, last night. Houston County and and Northside Warner Robins played last night and 
uh, Houston County uh, went to McConnell Talbot Stadium and uh, at Northside and won that game 34 to 13. Um, Houston County wins the region. Uh, wins that region. Um, both teams will be at home next Friday and Saturday uh, with Warner Robins going on the road. Um, Kell and Dawson. Kell actually, Kell was a top ten team coming into this season. The they finished their season seven. They finished their regular season seven and three. Um, they'll be on the road next week. Dawson won that game twenty one to seven. Uh, Stevenson and Mays. Um, this was this was a re, this was a, a region championship game as they have sub regions in in their region. Stevenson actually winning that game ten to nine. Um, which is a game was that was seen all over the state of Georgia on GPB. Um, so they'll both be they'll both be at at home next week uh, in their first round game. Uh, Stevenson is the one seed. Mays is a two seed. Uh, we going further down, going further up in in in, uh, in scores. Northgate, uh, if they would have won last night, uh, would have would have taken home their first ever region championship. Uh, they stumbled to a twenty to two loss to Stockbridge um, at Stockbridge, and they'll be a two seed. They'll play at home next week. Um, Stockbridge will be a one seed. They'll play at home next week. Go further up. Um, Shaw will make the playoffs, and uh, Shaw won't make the playoffs, but they did. They will finish five hundred as they beat Harris County forty-five to nothing. The Kula Parkview, uh, Parkview, winning their thirteen to eleven. Um, Brookwood and Archer played last night, and uh, Brookwood was a loser, uh, thirty-seven to seven to Archer. Archer. Um, Arsenal will be in the playoffs. Um, not sure if they're or a one or a two seed. I think that they're. I think they're actually a, a three seed, if I'm not mistaken. They're either they're the one, two, or three. I I can't remember right off. I'll I'll find out from the brackets. The brackets will come out later on. Uh, Norcross was a loser last night, uh, thirteen to nine over uh, Collins Hill beating Norcross thirteen nine. Uh, Norcross finished their season at 500, 5 and 5 for the year. Uh, Mill Creek was a winner over PC Ridge, 2017. South Forsyth and Lambert, the Longhorns, um, getting beat last night by South Forsyth, who is uh, region champions in, in region seven. Um, sorry, yeah, region six. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, 31 to 6 over Lambert. West Forsyth was a win over Johns Creek. Uh, and those are some of the scores from from around the state of Georgia. Uh, and we're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're gonna jump into some we're gonna jump back into some college football and also give you some Give you some uh, 
some scores in the playoffs in the playoffs in, in Alabama and uh stay tuned.
Back to the press box and the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine, and uh, looking at some scores from around the state of Alabama. First round of first round of playoffs um, in seven A. Uh, wow, um, got some great matchups that's about to happen in, in the next couple of weeks. Um, just jumping to the first round. Um, Theodore and Auburn played last uh played in a couple of days played uh Thursday night. Uh Auburn beating Theodore thirty forty five to fifteen, uh, setting up a quarterfinal matchup with McGill Tulin who beat Enterprise and they beat Enterprise pretty bad, sixty seven to three. Um the big time matchup in uh, in South Alabama, uh in the Mobile area next next Friday night. Uh, there, um, <laughs> Lee Lee and Murphy play in in the other in the other side of the sixteen team bracket. Um, the other side of the sixteen team bracket, and and um, Lee actually winning this game thirty seven twenty one. Foley and Central Phoenix City actually played last night. They played last night. Um, there in Central beat Foley thirty-four to fourteen, and that's a matchup of uh, some powers that are also leading Central. Um, jump up to to the North Alabama brackets. Uh, Hewitt Trustville and James Clemens played last night. James Clemens uh, 
winning that game 22 to nothing over Hewitt Trustville. Uh, set up a set with Spain Park and uh, James Clemens. Uh, Spain Park beat Hazel Green 31 um, 7 in their first round matchup. Um, on the other side, um, Buckhorn and Hoover played uh, play last night, and uh, Hoover won, won that game 38 to 7. And Vestavia beats Bob Jones 28 to 17, which sets up a, re- a rematch of, of earlier in the season, uh, Hoover and Vestavia, where Vestavia beat Hoover uh, early in the season. Um, 24 to 14, and they'll play it. They'll play at at Hoover. Uh, that game's probably going to be moved to the Hoover Met. Um, uh, you'll find out more about that in the next couple of days. Um, but this is some this is some great some great uh, football here from um, from Region 7A. Um, quarterfinals are already set. Uh, they play a 16 team playoff in in the highest classification in Alabama. Um, jump down to 6A and uh, 6A uh, to the 32 team bracket and one side of the bracket here we're going to go we're going to go with with the with the top half of the bracket um, Chelsea and Blunt played last night Blunt beating Chelsea 41 to 28 uh, moving on to the second round, they and uh, Bessemer, Bessemer City High School and Park Crossing uh, played played in uh, Bessemer City. Sets up a game of blunt as they won 28-24. Sarah Land and Benjamin Russell played last uh, played in uh, Benjamin Russell winning that game 41 to 10, and McAdory beat Watomka 35 to three to set up a great two great second round matchups and. In the in the top right hand bracket, um, top left hand bracket, um, then just some great just great game there. Ben Russell and, and McAdory. Um Lee and Homewood played last night, forty nine fourteen. Homewood winning that game, and Clay Chalkville beat Coleman forty eight to fourteen. Sets up a, sets up another great matchup. In that in this southern north southern. Um, this is that Northwest Alabama bracket. This is the Southwest Alabama bracket. The quadrant one is uh, is South Southwest Alabama, and quadrant three uh, is what I'm looking at now, uh, which is the the Northwest part of the state, or the northern part of the state. Um, Minor and Albertville played also, and Minor upset Albertville 37-35. Muscle Shoals beating Huffman thirty-six to nothing, and those are the second-round matchups there: Minor and Muscle Shoals, Clay Chalkville and Homewood. We go further down, and we look at we look at look at uh, the other part of the southern the southern part of the of the bracket, and um, Hillcrest and Northview. Uh, Hillcrest beating. Beating Northview 35, 36 to fifteen. Um, Opelika continuing their winning rays and and showing that dominant defense again. Showing off that dominant defense again as they beat um, 
they beat South Alabama Power Daphne fifty one to nothing. Um on the bottom side on the bottom side of this this bracket, Northridge and Dothan played and Northridge uh winning over Dothan forty eight to twenty one which sets up a matchup between um them and the winner of Spanish Spanish Fort and Pale City and Pale City um got totally destroyed by Spanish Fort sixty nine to three. Um so we're looking at some looking at some big time quarterfinal matchups, looking at some big time second round matchups. Um Hillcrest and Oplaka is, is one of those games where you'd have to be there to see it and hopefully I'll be there next week to to watch that game. Um but we move on further further in the bracket in the, in the other side of the northern bracket. Um other side of that northern bracket, um Pinson Valley and Austin played last night. Uh Austin getting a win over Pinson Valley thirty five to seven. Uh Briarwood Christian beating Fort Wayne Fort Payne thirty to twenty six. Um Hartsell and Gardendale played last night, and uh, Gardendale beat Hartsell 38-14, and Walker beat Scottsboro 35-9. So, second round of six of the 6A uh, playoffs are set, and those are going to be some great, great matchups there. Um, 4A, pretty much one and the same, like 6A and 5A, just some blockbuster matchups already. Um, uh, for next week, uh, we had some great matchups this week. Um, Thomasville and Dable played last night, um, 54-53. Dable winning over Thomasville. Um, West Boston and Andalusia played. Uh, Andalusia winning that game 48 to nothing. Sets up a great second-round matchup there between Dable and Andalusia. Munford and Munford and Neal played last night. Munford winning over WS Neal twenty to nothing, and Strong beating Bibb County seven to six. And I and I do believe that that game actually went into overtime. So Strong and Strong and Munford will play next week. And one of those, and and, and the winner of that game goes to quarterfinals. Um, Montevallo and St. James played. Um, the other half of that that southern bracket, that uh, in the northern bracket, the uh, one in the other side of this bracket, um, Montevallo and Leeds uh, to play. Montevallo will win their game, won their game over St. James, twenty-one to seven, and Leeds actually won their game, forty-three to nothing, over Clark County. Uh, Northside and Trinity Presbyterian played in the other half, in the other. In the sub bracket of, of the same bracket that I just read, and uh, Trinity Presbyterian uh, will meet up with North with uh, UMS Wright, who beat Hanley uh, twenty to eight, and Hanley was this uh, two years removed from their state championship win. Uh, they're out of the playoffs at the first the first round this season. Uh, Oneida and Cordova played um, as well. Cordova winning that game, thirty-three to fourteen. West Limestone and Sacks, Sacks winning, Sacks losing that game to West Limestone, forty-two to thirty-six. Uh, 
Cherokee County and Deschler played, and Cherokee County beat Deschler 45-26, and Hamilton beat Priceville 29-28. Um, one of the bigger matchups in the first round was uh, Wilson and Cleveland County. Um, and Cleveland County actually uh, winning that game fairly handily, 31-12 over Wilson, which sets up a matchup with Fayette County. Um, coming out of uh, with Fayette County, and they actually beat uh, DAR uh, 49-38. So there's some blockbuster matches going on in in, uh, 4A as well. Uh, We jumped down to 2A and got some great matchups here. And and, um, Washington County and Providence Christian will play in the second round. Providence Christian uh, beat Thorsby 17-6. Washington County, Washington County Goshen 39 to nothing. So that that that's going to set up a really 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 good matchup at at, at Washington County. Uh, Pickens County beat Sampson 38-32, and Elba beat Sweetwater 46 to 14. And that's gonna be a big matchup there in in uh in the second round. Uh Randolph County rolled over Collinsville seventy to seven, setting up a big matchup with Falkville. Falkville won that game over Hatton thirty five thirty four. Um Real Town and Cleveland played last night, Real Town losing that game, uh, twenty three to twenty. And Sullivan winning their game over Cold Springs, sixty-three to twenty-seven. That sets up a big matchup between Sullivan and Cleveland, and those are two really good football teams. And I hope that I hope that some of you guys can get out to watch those games. Um, Fife and Red Bay will play in the second round of the playoffs. Red Bay actually beat Addison, fifty-six to fifteen, and Fife beat Lafayette, fifty to fifteen. Um, so Red Bay and Fife will play uh, next weekend at Red Bay High School. Um, Tanner and Ramburn, and Ramburn won the region, uh, won that really tough region in Alabama in 2A. Uh, they win 35-7 to over Tanner, over Gaston. And Tanner was a big winner over Phil Campbell, seventy-three to nothing. So Rambert and Tanner, um, Fife Red Bay, the Sullivan Cleveland game, and the Falkville uh, Randolph County game. Those are going to be some of the best games that you'll see in in all of in all of two A um, next week. And like I said, hopefully you guys can get out and get out and um, and support your schools there if your schools have made it to made it into the playoffs. So um and that's some of the scores from from the state of Alabama. Um we're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're gonna jump into the we're gonna jump into the two big games and also talk about the Auburn Texas A and M game. So um stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank <laughs> you. 
To the press box and the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine, and thanks for being a part of the show, and thanks for being a part of, of everything that I'm, that I'm aspiring to do and dream about. We're going to jump back into some college football predictions, and uh, three big games that I really want to talk about, and actually four big games I really want to talk about is um, so one of them is the, the, the Michigan State-Nebraska matchup, and, and um no, this is this is a big matchup simply because Michigan State they're struggling. I would say that they're struggling offensively, but it's not really a struggle. I mean, even though they're eight and no, I mean they're not they're not really struggling. I mean that's a bad word to use, a struggle. But they are They're not as invincible as they are as they as they usually are offensively. Um, defensively, defensively they 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 can score point they they can uh, give up points, but Nebraska can't. I, I would say Nebraska can't stop anybody defensively, and that's just because there's a change of culture and. And uh, you know what Mike Riley is bringing to to Nebraska is something a little bit different than than what they're used to. I mean, he he's bringing in a bit of a, a discipline type approach, and uh, and it's not really meshing well with what they have going, what they've had going on in in the past, and and. Uh, no nonsense. Uh, they haven't had no nonsense since Frank Solis left. Um, they really haven't had any kind of discipline since Bopolini's been there, was there. And now that he's not no longer there, he's he's coaching them a pretty good downtown state team. Um, 
you're starting to see that discipline come back. You're starting to see, you know, certain things that's in Nebraska come back to being purely in Nebraska. But the defense is is slowly but surely getting better, even though they did lose last last week. Um, and let's face it, Nebraska is a really good team. They've lost a lot of games real close. Uh, you know, notably the BYU game where they gave up the Hail Mary late. Um, but most, but three, but I'd say three of the six losses that they've had, they've been, they've been very, very close and could have been games where they could, they should have won. You know, this is, this is a big time game for Nebraska. It's a big time game for, it's a big time game for Nebraska. They want to get to six and six and continue that that streak of bold that you know and continue going to going to bowl games. I mean, you know, you know some some of the the fans have become restless. Um, if if I if that that's a that's a good word to use, um, but Connor Cook. I think this is a game. It's a bounce back game for them, kind of. You know, even though you know, they they haven't been really tested per se, um, but you know, other than other than the missed um, game, they haven't been really tested. So I think for the most part, I think that you you're gonna see. You can see some some pretty good things from from Michigan State. You know a little bit more. You know they've still got they've still some they still got some big games you know left on their schedule and uh they still got they still got the two they still got two teams from the West to play. They still got um they've still got they like I said they've got a lot to play for and um. You know, to get into that playoff picture, you know, just they're 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 left out right now, and if they want to play the Big Ten in, you know, and overtake Ohio State, they've got to win out. You know, they've got to play Ohio State next week. So I mean, they've got to play Ohio State. They've got to play. They got to play Penn State, and Penn State's no easy out. So, I mean. They've got a lot. Like I said, they've got a lot riding riding here in the next three four weeks, and you know, no slouches on their schedule either. Nebraska's still no slouch, even though they're three and six. They're still no slouch. Uh, but I do like Michigan State name. I think they've got the better defense. The better defense. I mean, some critics have even likened Michigan State to being a quote unquote SEC light type of team. Um, a team that almost takes the quote unquote Nick Saban approach to everything, where they're going to rely on great defense and and pound the ball, rush the rushing rushing the ball all day long, all night long. So I think I think that and I think the same holds true for Michigan State. I think the Michigan State they're going to pound the ball, 
they're gonna they're gonna put the ball in there. They're gonna put the ball in in Connor Cook's hands a lot, and he's gonna make things happen. So I really like I really like what Michigan State's gonna bring to the table. I think that they'll win this game, and I think that they'll break that that quote unquote cycle of of a mediocre games and actually come out and jump on Nebraska early and want Nebraska off. But don't count Nebraska out. I mean, Nebraska's a great team. They're very resilient. But they can't make the stops, and they won't They won't get enough stops to win against against Michigan State. I just, I just like Michigan State in this game. Um, even though it's in Lincoln, you know, the crowd advantage there, I just think that I just think that Michigan State is is, is too strong, so I'm gonna go with Michigan State, and that brings us to Auburn and Texas A&M. Texas A&M made a quarterback change um, last week. Uh, started true freshman quarterback Kyler Murray, as I predicted earlier in the season. You can go back and listen to to uh, episode one or two. Or the SEC preview show, where I said that Kyler Murray will will be the starting quarterback um, for the Texas Long for the Texas A&M Aggies at one point in this season, and he's one to know as a starter. You know they had to make they had to make the change because Kyle Allen was not healthy. Excuse me, he wasn't healthy, and um, they made the change at quarterback, and he did not disappoint. He did not turn the ball over. He did not. He did not um, do anything that would make a team lose. And uh, so he's one and all as a starter. He's won his 44th straight game. So with that being said, Auburn's in, Auburn. Auburn looked really good last week in that in that loss against against um, Ole Miss. Sean White's the same way as Kyler Murray. He doesn't he, – he threw an interception last week, yes. Um, but I think with the Texas A&M defense, secondary is more or less the weak link for A&M uh, than anything. That front, seven is, that front seven is solid. But it's the secondary that has their problems and has their weak, has their weak points. And – they cast the ball just like they exploited uh, Arkansas, but in that game again they didn't catch they didn't catch balls and that that's that was the the determining factor in that in that game and um, and um, you know so I mean like this is a one this is a this is probably one of the best four and four teams in the nation, and Auburn could play could be a whole lot better. I think that if they can, and they give someone a little bit more time in the pocket, and the receivers catch the ball the way they should catch the ball, he should have a two three touchdown game performance tonight. He can also it could also throw for Throw for three, four hundred yards, you know. So this, this is a, this is a game that's really big 
for Auburn in regards to getting their quarterback off. But And they also can run the ball against A&M. So if they can get some stops, they can get the rushing, the rushing, the rushing going offensively with Peyton Barber, Javon Robinson, who's finally healthy, um, Carry on Johnson, who comes in in the Wildcat, and they give him give him the ball a couple couple times, and as well, I just think that Auburn can put it together. Carl Lawson came back; he looked really good. He looked he looked somewhat sharp, but there was some times where he should have had two or three sacks, and uh, you can tell that he was a bit out of shape, but out of game shape, but he was in great shape. He, he did well throwing the ball. My Travis Adams had a had a better had a better uh day also um with him in there. And you can just tell that there's a lot of excitement with with Gus Malzahn and with Will Muschamp. They they like what they see. And me personally I like what I saw. I like what I saw out of out of Auburn last week. I like I love the fight that they had just not just too many hiccups in in that in that um in that offense, and I think that the continuity starting to get together. They're starting to get it together, um, but I really just think that um, Auburn, if they were to pull the upset, they've got to get they've got to get pressure on Kyler Murray. They've got to they've got to protect. They've got to protect. Um, the outer fringes, um, where he can get out in space because he gets out in space, he's fast enough to get past you. He's fast enough to take it to the barn if he has to. Um, also, you know that being said, I mean, also that being said, I mean, um, you know, if he gets the ball up, they got tall receivers. You know they're not gonna pick on Blake Counts. They're gonna go to the other side with Carson Davis um, and try to pick on him. And you know the true freshman, he he just he stepped in. He's done a, he's done an admirable job uh, there. So I mean, like the, the secondary for Auburn is getting stronger and stronger as the as the weeks are going by. But now is the time to put some put some wins on the board. If they want to make it, if they want to get into a top tier non bowl non um, bowl of six. So I mean, this is something they can play for. They can play for a New Year's Day game. You know, this this is one of those chances they can play for a New Year's Day game if they can get some wins. Um, they've got they've got a, a heck of a road to hoe. Um, you know, Auburn does. With with them this week, next week Georgia, and then the week after that Idaho and Alabama. So I mean, it's really hard for them to get to eight and four, but they can get the wins. They can put it together. They can get eight. They can win the eight and four game. I think they can. I, I think Auburn can win this game tonight. But do I think that they'll? Do I? I think they have the capabilities of winning this game tonight. Do I, do I think they'll win? No, I don't think they'll win because of their offensive frailties. Defensively, they're starting to get it together. But in terms of the offense, in terms of the offense, 
until they actually play a complete game, and they haven't played a complete game all season. And offensively, defensively, North Russell teams, Daniel Carlson has pretty much been the MVP of this team. Um, he's a semifinalist for the Groza Award. Um, Andy Phillips comes in, first-year first year punter. He's done an outstanding job. So special teams-wise, I mean, we've got we've got two great punters, two great punters. We've got a great punter-kicker combination. So does A&M. And I just – I like A&M simply because of what the talent, what talent they have, and they've got it put together. Kevin Sumlin's always got something up his sleeve um, when it comes to Alabama, when it comes to Auburn. And uh, – so I mean, I just I really like I really like A and M in this game. Um, and that's 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 just it. I think A and M will win by by a touchdown. Um, and maybe even closer than that. Um, I I would say a touchdown. Now. Moving forward, and we're gonna get into the two big games of of the weekend: Florida State and Clemson, Alabama LSU. We're going to talk about the 3:30 game, ABC, ESPN two, depending on where you live at. Florida State, Clemson. I, I don't know what else to say about this game other than that this game has all the potentials of being amazing. Um, Sean McGuire has proven all his doubters wrong. They thought that that one game suspension with Jameis was just a fluke where he went 27-35 for 305. That wasn't a fluke. You know, when he threw for almost 400 yards last week and, and you know, pretty much handled, handled NC State the way that he did, I mean, um, and throwing the ball and commanding the offense the way he did, this is a whole other animal. And if he plays, you know, if he plays or if ever goes someplace, They've got a whole other animal in Clemson. Clemson, they can rush off the edge. They can. They got ball hawking safeties. They got. They've got shutdown corners. I mean, this is a good Clemson team. They will give up points, yes, but they can shut you down just as quick as they give up points. Um, case in point with Miami and that high powered, that quote unquote high powered offense. Um, I, I like. I like Clemson in this game. I like Florida State in this game. Florida State uh, probably has the better defense, but they've given up they've given up some points this season that they shouldn't give up. They shouldn't have given up. Um, Every Golson is looking good. Um, a lot of people thought that he would struggle in Jimbo Fisher's complex offense. But we also have to understand that he ran a complex offense at at Notre Dame, also under under uh, Coach Kelly. And and um, you know, you look at you look at look at it from that from that standpoint. You know what you're going to get from either one of the starters, whoever want, whichever whichever quarterback plays, because Sean McGuire is not going to give up the ball. He's not going to give up interceptions. He's real smart with the ball. He's very intuitive with the ball. He knows all, he knows the offense in and out. Every Golson, he gives you that athletic sense, you know, where if the play breaks down, he can get out in space and he can he can make things happen with his feet. 
same thing with Clemson. And we haven't talked about Clemson's offense yet because I haven't gotten that far yet. But I will say this. With the receiving core that Clemson has, compared to to the secondary of Florida State, Florida State and Clemson, they're pretty much they're pretty much equal with each other in, in, with the receiving core at Clemson and with the and with the secondary at, at Florida State. Florida State, you know, they did give, they do they do give up some bonehead plays at times in the secondary, but they've got they've got some they've got two really good corners and they're relatively young corners. You got two you got two safeties, one's an upperclassman, one's a true one's a true sophomore. Um in that in that backfield in that defensive backfield for, for Florida State. Um so I mean I like I like what you have there. And with the quarterback play that with the, the way that Deshaun Watson's playing, um Deshaun Watson is playing out of his freaking mind. Um and I knew that he would coming out of coming out of Gainesville, Georgia. Again, watching him play in high school and uh meeting him personally a few years ago. I I see the humbleness and I see the determination in his eyes. This guy he's 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 special. He's a special human being. He's he's got a special way about him. Um you know, he's got a dynamic arm. He's got great legs, great feet, very smart. I mean, he's a very smart man. And I, I really hope that if you guys watch this game as opposed to any other game this season, I want you to watch Deshaun Watson. I want you to watch the way he plays, the way he approaches the game, because he approaches the game unlike anybody I've I, I've 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 yet to see. Um, so I mean he's he he's got that little he's got that bit of an it factor to him. He's got it, you know. And you know, you don't know what it is, but he just he's got it. And that's why I think that he's a solid Heisman contender. I just why I think that Clemson, um, should they win out, will will be in the playoffs. You know, my prediction on this game is this. I love Clemson in this game because one, they're playing at home, two They've lost two very close games to Clint, to Florida State in the last few years. Um, two years ago, they got blew out of water. Last year, they got they got beat by Sean McGuire late in that game, and this year is is no different. I mean, this year this year uh, should be Clemson's year because they've got the better athletes. They've got They've got a quarterback who can run their offense now, and and it's looking and he's looking and it's just looking very very good for Clemson, and they've got all the momentum in the world um, going in, into this game, number one in the, number one in the college football playoff rankings uh, and things of that nature. So we are going to see some great things happen in this game. Um, so I, I like Clemson in this game. I actually like Clemson in this game close, but don't be don't be surprised if Clemson blows Florida State out. Don't be surprised at that. And don't be surprised if Florida State comes up with some with some key stops to make this game close and actually pull out this game. But I like Clemson. I like Clemson by a touchdown. They're a touchdown favorite. I, I will stay with that touchdown prediction. 
simply because you know what you're going to get out of Florida State and you know what you're going to get out of Clemson. So um, let's let itself work out. So I, that's why I say Clemson by a touchdown. Um, now we get into the eight o'clock game and we we talk about we talk about this game every year this time of year and around November and around that first week of November and and you see it on your calendar and you circle it on you circle it you circle it on your schedule at the beginning of the year just so you can just so you, you know what day that game's on and, and everything and lo and behold here you go. Clemson, uh, LSU, Alabama, Bryant Denny, eight o'clock game, CBS gets no better. Seven and zero LSU, seven and one Alabama. Probably one, of, probably will be one of the best games of the football season. It's been that way since two thousand five that this game has been one of the best games of the season. Uh, you go back to some of the wins. The LSU's had um, Jamarcus Winston to early do set, you know, um, in 05. You go back to um, – you go back two years – you go back three years ago when A.J. McCann was there. Um, go back last year. Um, you've got – you've got some great, great football players game. Derek Henry. Jacob Coker, other two great defenses. Um, once again, a great defense. Um, you know, on on both sides, Leonard Fournette on, on one side, Jennings and Jennings and um, and uh, the other quarterback, LSU on the other side. I mean. With some with some great receivers like Doral and and those guys there, I mean this is this is one of those games where you don't pick it, you just sit there and you watch it because when you sit there and you watch it, you you, you pretty much know what you're gonna get, and it's uh, this this game is such a special game for me because it's Alabama, it's LSU. It's pride and tradition. It's everything that you want in a college football game. It's what makes college football college football, guys. And you look at it from this standpoint here. You know, in the last four or five years, the winner of this game has either gone to the national championship game, won a national championship, or play in a playoff game. So this is always a key matchup in, in the SEC. Not in the SEC, in the SEC West. I mean, you had the 9-6 game a few years ago. You had, like I said, you had the 9-6 game a couple of years ago, and then the comeback game, 21 to nothing for Alabama. This, this is a game that... If you're if you're not a fan of either one of these either one of these teams, then it's not really for the hearted because this is one of those games where a hardcore a hardcore fan will just sit and watch 
and that's what I am. I'm a hardcore fan. I'm going to sit and watch this game. I I like LSU because I like what Leonard Fournette brings to the table. I love the I love the nastiness that they have offensively in the offensive line. I mean, Alabama has that same nastiness. I love their defense. Their defense is relentless. Alabama's defense is relentless also. But the one thing is if LSU opens up and decides they want to throw the ball, they have receivers to throw the ball to. Can Alabama stop those receivers from catching the ball? That's where the question comes in for Alabama, you know, secondary-wise. Even though they got it together in the last three, four weeks since since the loss at Ole Miss, I, they're, they're, that's still their weakness is their secondary. But that front seven and everything is just great. You look at LSU's front seven, you look at LSU's secondary. LSU's secondary is second to none. I mean, they can, they can, they can be ball hawks. They can come up and, and support you in the run. And, and they're not afraid to stick their nose in and hit you in the mouth anywhere, at any point. So, that being said, I, I like LSU in this game. I mean, if I was a picking man in this game, I would pick LSU over Alabama simply because of that simply because of the defense. I think that Alabama can get the stops that they need to win this game. I also think that LSU can get the stops to get to win that game. I think the X factor comes in is if the quarterback play is solid enough to get you over the hump. And I actually think that the, that the quarterback play for, for Alabama is a little bit better than the quarterback play for LSU. Don't get me wrong. Jacob Coker is not an elite quarterback by any means, but when you've learned three different offenses in four different years, in, in four years, you know, even though Jimbo Fisher's been at, been at um, Florida State for a while, you know, he's, he's gone through two offensive coordinators. So you look at it from that standpoint and you look at Jacob Coker and you say, Hey, you know, how can he, you know, how can he do this? How can he do that? This is the second year in Lane Kiffin's offense. And he still doesn't have the trust of Lane Kiffin yet. And he still hasn't had the trust of Lane Kiffin. But when you look at it from this standpoint, you look at it from this standpoint here. He's got experience. He can throw the ball. He can make every throw. You put the ball in his hands, he's going to make you a winner, as as evidenced by the winning at Georgia. So Jacob Coker, Jennings, or – um. His name slips my mind right now, but either one of those guys, either one of those those two quarterbacks from LSU, don't make up for the experience that Jacob Coker has. So, like I said, that's going to be the X factor in this game is the quarterback play. You know what you're going to get from Leonard Fournette. You know what you're going to get from Derrick Henry. You know what you're going to get from from you know what you're going to get from from the running backs. It's what you're going to get from your secondary, your Alabama secondary, and LSU's defense. You know what you're going to get from that. You know what you're going to get from the front seven of Alabama, but you don't know what you're going to get from either one of the quarterback plays, and you really don't know what you're going to get in the secondary play at Alabama because of that. So, you know, if I, like I said, if I was a picking man, I'd be picking LSU, and I'd be picking LSU 
by a field goal um, simply because of that, simply because of the X factors that I just, that I just named off. But um, I really think that, that um, like I said, if you're a hardcore, uh, if you're a hardcore uh, football fan, you just want to sit back, you want to, you want to sit back, you want to relax and just want to watch this one. I mean, this, like I said, this has got classic written all over it, and and right, and quite frankly, I'm just excited. I'm just excited as all outdoors for it. Um, you know, I think you know another you know, the other game everybody talks that everybody's talking about is Minnesota Ohio State, and you know I'm not going to talk about the game because. JT Barrett is not worth talking about right now, but what I will talk about is I will talk about the vacancies that are that are available now. Uh, Miami for Miami, soon to be Virginia Tech. Um, what names have come up in USC for USC? What names have come up for for Miami? What names have come up for Virginia Tech? You know, one of the names that everybody's talking about being on that short list for both Miami and Virginia Tech is Lane Kiffin. Another person that they talked about being on that short list for both Miami and Virginia Tech is, is Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart is actually interested in the, in the Virginia Tech job, according to some reports and according to AO.com. Um, he's very interested in the Virginia Tech job simply because he wants to work with Bud Foster. He, I mean, if he – if Bud Foster doesn't get the job at, at Virginia Tech, they will go someone with someone defensively, and I think that they would go with someone like like a. I would think they would go with someone like a. Like a Kirby Smart, but you don't know what you're gonna get at the end of the season, in regards to what may happen at Georgia. Because I know that Georgia, we all know that Georgia is his dream job. He wants to go back to Georgia, so does Will Muschamp. Wants to go back to Georgia at some point. But I know that Will Muschamp loves what he's got at Auburn, so his name—he's he, also thrown his name from from any head coaching um, talks. Also, um, I know that uh, Red Lashley has come up in, in in some discussions for the North Texas job. Uh, I've also heard that. Um, you know, no, that's the only other job that the Red Lashes is is um wanted that um that he's come up for. But I I, I personally think you know, I have ninety seconds left here, but I personally think that um that both Will Muschamp and and Red Lashley will be at Auburn next year. But uh, special shout out goes, uh, but no, let's close out the show now. Shout out to my man Wendy, uh, my man T Rex. You know he's more than just my mentor. He's one, probably one of my best friends. Uh, he's one of my best friends. Casey Cordier, uh, Valencia, um, TJ, Deontay, Caden, Caden uh, Cameron, Jamil, Michael, Justin, my mom, my dad, my sisters. Um, and everybody else that I've failed to mention, thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks for being, thanks for helping me realize part of my dream 
and let's make this move forward. The Vibe by Tarrant Show. Check him out. Check him out on uh, Tuesdays. Vibe by Tarrant Show. Check out DJ EA on Thursdays for Turntable Thursdays. Both of those shows start at 8 o'clock. Start at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. So check them out. And my name is Jermaine. And again, thanks for being a part of my show. Thanks for being a part of my dream. And have a good weekend. Let's go tailgating. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.